Welcome to the Impact Podcast. We pray that this message will help you to live God's word, love like Jesus, and be led by the Holy Spirit every single day. Let's go ahead and get into this week's sermon. In your Bible, turn to John chapter 12. I'm just going to read one scripture quickly. John chapter 12 uh, and verse 19. John chapter 12 and verse 19. They have it up there, so I'll go ahead and start reading. The Bible said, The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing. Behold, the world is gone after him. Behold, the world is gone after him. And I just had a single thought come to me for this sermon tonight, and it is just gone. When we arrive at the ministry of Jesus Christ, when he comes on the scene, you have to understand the shape that the world was in at the time. They had just come through 400 years of silence, God not speaking to anybody in a written form. There's a 400-year gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament in your Bible where it was silent. And so they had the Old Testament prophets to rely on, and they had nature that they could look around and see that God was dealing with them, and they had their conscience But as far as the audible or written word of God, there was a gap here. And so the world had gotten into such a state that uh, Israel was being taken over by the Roman Empire in their uh, journey to try to, uh, their conquest to take over the rest of the world. And they were in quite a fix. And they were looking for someone to redeem them, looking for someone to save them, but they thought it was going to come in the form of of some kind of a monarch. They thought surely some king from a far-off country was going to come somewhere and save them. And so they were always looking through to find in the line of David somebody that would raise up and bring them out. They thought it would be in the form of a government. They thought it would be in the form of a war. They thought it would be in, in some... Uh, mental frame construct that they had come up with and so when Jesus came on the scene in a way that they totally did not expect with his message of hope and life it was received by the people everywhere that he went he did amazing things and he changed lives sometimes just by speaking The word, sometimes by the laying on of hands, sometimes by commanding uh, to go and wash, sometimes in a way that they didn't expect. Sometimes he spit in his hands and healed people. But everywhere he went, he did these incredible things that garnered so much attention of his sovereignty as Lord and God. And so we... uh, we, we come to our scripture in a time when it seemed like the world didn't really have a lot of hope. It seemed like, to be quite honest with you, the people of God were in a desperate time. They were in a time when it seemed like they almost were snuffed out. Tad, they were almost gone. They were almost taken out of here. And then Jesus stepped on the scene. You know, I, uh, when I was reading for this, the, the thought came to me in, in the chapter just before uh, this where we pick up our scripture in the 11th chapter in the 48th verse, the Bible said, and I want you to get this, 
the, the religious leaders, when that Jesus came into the town, his presence had created such a stir that, and we'll get to this in a few minutes, that he actually ended up having to leave Jerusalem. And the Bible said he had to kind of keep, to paraphrase, keep a low profile in Jerusalem and not be known out among the people because he had created such a stir to their system that they had constructed. And so the religious leaders of the day said, if we just leave him alone, if we just leave this Jesus alone, then all men will believe in him. And that really spoke to me. If we, if we just leave him alone, if we just let Jesus do what Jesus does, in other words, if we don't try to modify him to fit our program, Stop trying to fit him into your box. Stop trying to figure out how he's going to make it through the hang-ups and the problems that you have. Stop trying to figure out how he's going to fit and how he's going to alter uh, uh, the image that you think you have among your friend circle. If you just let Jesus do what Jesus does, he will show up on the scene. He will pull your family through their trial. He will pull your sibling out through their struggle. There's people here that, 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 that need help, that need healing. Uh, and maybe right now as I'm speaking, their faces are coming before your mind. Can I just tell you, if we just let Jesus do what Jesus does, if we just leave him alone and leave the rest of the stuff off, you can't modernize him. He is eternal. You understand? Not just immortal, but he is eternal. That means he transcends through the ages. He is what he is. He is who he is for all time. Oh, I know, I know you, you, you are thinking that I am suggesting that you walk around in your day-to-day -day with a giant, you know, black King James Version Bible and a cross hanging around your neck and that I'm preaching that you have to live some isolated life like a, like a monk or something somewhere. That's not what I'm telling you at all. But if you just let Jesus do what he does right where you are, you will find that you can still, you can still uh, have, you can still have your friends, but you can make a difference right where you are. When I uh, was in college, I remember one of my classmates, Becca was her name, um, she, we had a lot of classes together. And because we had the same major, and she was in sort of the friend group that I hung around with, and we did a lot of things together with. And I didn't really know what her background was, but she told me one day, and, and I had, like I said, they, they knew, they recognized that there was something different about me. But it wasn't because I, I went around quoting out, you know, chapter and verse, book, chapter and verse of scriptures and, and, and trying to impress somebody and, and, and going around like some, I don't know how else to say it, you know, some weirdo. <laughs> but I just lived the life of Christ and let Jesus do what he did. And Becca said to me one day, she said, you know, my grandpa was a pastor. And she said, I was always turned off to the whole religious thing. I said, what do you mean? And she said, uh, she said he was mean. He was never in a good mood. 
He went around with this like staunch look on his face and always looking down his nose at people. She said, but you're different. And I said, well, I just believe that God loves you. And I said, and I want the way that I live to show you that. Tears came to her eyes and she understood what I was talking about. And so this is what my message is about tonight. Even in a world, you see the the image that she thought she had of religion and, and what she thought living a life for Jesus was. She said, I don't want any part of that. And she was almost gone, almost gone. But because someone loved her and gave her the testimony of Jesus Christ, changed her direction. Now she's gone after him. The Bible said that Caiaphas was the high priest during this time that Jesus rode into Jerusalem and turned everybody's world upside down. And they so hated him. They so despised his methods. They so despised how that the world was just gone after him. And that despite their best efforts, despite everything they did to try to slow him down, despite the fact that he went and hid out in the, in the, in the nearby town until six days before the Passover so that he could keep a low profile, despite everything that they did to him to try to keep his voice quiet, the world was gone after him. And the Bible said that Caiaphas, the high priest, the Bible actually uses this word, said that he prophesied. And I just want to stop here and go to a little aside, okay? Be very careful who prophesies into your life. Be very careful because who you share your dream with, who you share what you think the vision is that God has for your life. Be careful that you're taking godly counsel in everything that you do. Because Caiaphas, the high priest, full of the devil, prophesied a satanic prophecy. Because you see, sometimes Satan has a glimpse into what the plan is too. And I think sometimes we forget that. So be very cautious tonight. And I know you're being quiet, but I believe that you're getting this. But Caiaphas prophesied and said, for one man, one man will die for the entire nation. And he said, he turned to the other, the Bible said he turned to the other uh, uh, members of that panel and said, you all know nothing. Don't worry about anything. I've got it figured out. In other words, he said, I'm smarter than all of you. We'll kill him. One man so that we don't end up losing our position, so that we don't end up losing this nation to him. Little did he know, how can you kill the Prince of Life? Because when they killed our Savior, it was like they planted a seed into the ground. And when he got up, he got up with power and authority. Because I read about a Jesus in the end of the book of Revelation. And the Bible said that he's riding on a white horse. And that he has an army behind him clothed in white linen that, that is pure. And that he has fire in his eyes and white hair. And he has on his vesture dipped in blood a name written faithful and true. And that in his hand is the, the uh, rod of righteousness. And in righteousness does he judge and make war. We're not serving some, as Pastor Tom would say, weak-kneed or yellow-bellied Savior without enough power to knock the fuzz off a peach. We're serving a reigning king. His name is Jesus.
But you see, Tad, even before Caiaphas prophesied that Jesus would die, what he didn't understand was way before he was ever thought of, Abraham from Mount Moriah looked down through the eons of time and said to his son Isaac, God will provide himself a lamb. Now, Maybe you think that he was literally talking about the sacrifice, but I kind of feel like Abraham was prophesying there because I think if he was talking about the sacrifice that was about to form in the thicket, that he would have said God will provide a ram. But the Bible said God will provide himself a lamb. Hallelujah. Help us, Jesus. Despite their best effort to stop him, They could not stop the love of God because it was already prophesied way before time. So why do you think that whatever it is that you're bringing to the table, that so far you've let stop from sharing your testimony of what God has done, why do you think that that should stop anybody? Jesus knew what the danger was when he came back to Jerusalem. The reason that he came riding into Jerusalem uh, on this, uh, when we come to John chapter 12, he came riding into Jerusalem on a colt was because, like I told you, he had to flee Jerusalem because of Caiaphas and the other members that I've talked about that wanted to come after him and kill him. Why do you think that he came back to Jerusalem knowing what his fate would be? knowing that the betrayer was at hand, knowing what the stakes were, because it was already prophesied about him. But yet he came back into Jerusalem because he knew that there was a people there that needed him. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what you think stands in his way. He will get to you if you will let him do what he does. If you will just share the testimony of what Jesus Christ has done for you in your life, He will make the difference. How do I know? Well, I just know the best way I know how is to just give you examples. A lot of you know, some of you know my my mom, my mother, Sister Phyllis, that goes to this church. When she was a young girl, she... uh, had kind of a tough way to go upbringing. She said that her her mother literally threw shoes at them and told them how much she hated them. And she remembers being a very small child and climbing up on the cabinets to to get food out for her siblings for for breakfast in the morning. Is this okay if I just be real here? And she told me that when she got a little bit older that it became hard to serve God because her parents had backslidden. She was trying to get through high school and, you know, situations happened. She had a rough way to go. And as she got older, she fell away from the Lord and she got married and to, to somebody else who wasn't saved. And I don't think she would mind me sharing this tonight, but... She said that she realized as a young woman, newly married, that her life was falling apart. 
And one day she realized when she was in the hospital and her grandma was dying and she realized she had no power to pray for her because she herself was not where she needed to be. She was so discouraged and she was almost gone. But she went to my grandma's house one night and my grandma started telling her about the testimony of Jesus. Telling her there's a revival going down, going on down at Tommy Bates Church. You ought to go check it out. Started testifying to her about the works that the Lord was doing. It matters more than you think. And she said, I had no intention on going to church that night. But in the middle of her mess, in the middle of all the hangups that she thought she had, in the middle of everything she thought that was stopping Christ from getting to her, just the testimony of Jesus gave her hope. That she, that she branched out and went to church that night. And she said, I don't even remember what he preached about. But next thing you know, she got up and ran down that aisle. And, and our cousin Cindy Cooper came and started praying with her. And she got up from there not only saved, but speaking in tongues. And now to this day, she is saved and speaking in tongues. Because she was almost gone. But somebody told her the testimony of Jesus Christ. And she said from that day forward, now she's gone after him. Your testimony matters. What you're holding up inside of you matters because you don't know what situation that somebody is going through. If I can be real with you, I remember uh, growing up, Tad, in the home of a drunk. I was embarrassed to let anybody in. I was embarrassed to let anybody see, but it couldn't stop him. It couldn't stop the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. It still kept coming into my heart and ringing in my heart. It was the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ that came through that house. I was afraid I couldn't let anybody in. I didn't want any of my friends to see how we lived and in what, what kind of condition. But it didn't stop the testimony of Jesus. When I got a little bit older and I was in college again, just sharing with you some of my experiences. But my friend Craig, he, went to, he, he was also a biology major with me. And he came to me at lunch one day, and I'm not sure... It just seemed like they sort of gravitated toward me. And, and, and my point is, is that going back to what I was saying earlier, it's not like God's trying to isolate you and make you some freak if you sell out for him and share your testimony. Even at Thomas More, even living a sanctified life, Tad, I was still friendly, elected to the homecoming court. I mean, you know, I was... I was Active among the campus community, okay? But yet still they had a respect for what God was doing in my life. And so my friend Craig came to me and he said, you know, he said, I, I'm struggling. He said, I, I've, I've, I, I go to mass and he said, I, I've, I've been in church all of my life because that's what my family does. And he said, but I'm struggling that I feel like I serve God out of fear because I'm afraid of if I make him mad or what he doesn't do. And he said, I don't know what kind of a relationship that is. And I began to share with him about how when I was small, I, I did things to try to please my parents because I was afraid of chastisement. But as I got older, I grew to know their personality and understood that they loved me. And so then I began to want to do things that made them happy because I loved them. And I grew that relationship. And Caleb, for over two hours, we sat and we talked about the testimony of Jesus. You may tell you the end of the story, 
we went to a liberal philosophy class. And the professor stood up and said, my job this semester is to make you question everything you believed from your childhood up till now. She said, my job, you think that you believe in a certain faith uh, because it's true. She said, but you're going to find out that it's because that's what your family always believed. And she said, it's my job to open your mind. And she said, some of you might have to let go of some things from your faith that you believed when you came in here. Because you're going to see that there's other viewpoints and other perspectives. And she began to try to confuse people about their faith. But Craig stood up in class one day. He said, he said I was wavering in my faith. I was unsure of why I was even serving God or if I even knew who he was anymore. He said, but Cody met me for two hours in the cafeteria. And we talked. And he said, now I am sure whom I believe in the middle of a liberal philosophy class. And so then she called on me and she said, what's going on? What, what is this that, that he's talking about? And I stood up and I talked about Galatians chapter 6. Uh, Be not weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. I, I don't always understand, in other words, everything about God. But what I have seen of him keeps me coming back for more. And just a sample... Just a two-hour window of time, just a little testimony of what Jesus had done for me was able to pull Craig out of his pit of doubt. Is this making sense tonight? God help us. Live for God. Live for God. And tell somebody along the way, won't it be something if you get there and, and, you know, we've always preached you stand by yourself on Judgment Day. But if the Savior asks us, did you bring anybody with you? Tell somebody. Because Craig was almost gone. The enemy had almost snuffed him out. But he stood up and declared to that philosophy class, now I'm gone after him. <laughs> Hallelujah. And there are so many examples that I could go through, not only in my life, but in, in the lives that, you know, I've been to thousands of church services in my life, Tad, and I've seen this over and over and over again, that wherever the testimony of Jesus is preached or told, it makes the difference. And some of you may say, well, I'm afraid because I don't necessarily understand everything that I need to understand to share my testimony let me tell you, the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and verse 9, says that my beloved is behind the wall, and I see him through the window and through the lattice. You, everybody know what a lattice is? You've been to a garden, and you see it's like the, the crisscross pattern that has ivy growing through it. Every once in a while, I get a glimpse. There's his faithfulness. There's his hope. Every once in a while, oh, there's his holiness. Every once in a while, I get a glimpse of the goodness of our Savior. And what I have seen with, of him through the lattice keeps me pushing until that day when all the barriers, Brother Tad, are going to be removed. And in that day, I'll see him as he is, and I shall be like him on that day. So let's push. Let's tell somebody about him. Let's bring him with us. The testimony of Jesus can drive out the spirit of suicide. 
It can drive out anxiety. It can drive out whatever mental block you think that you have. You may say, but you don't understand the relationship that I'm in. I, I, can't, I can't sell out all the way to him. I can't really share my testimony because the relationship that I'm in it, it, or, or the friendship that you're involved in, whatever it is. I was at a tent revival this summer and, and there was a young man there, Ted, that I knew was a backslider. And I was sharing with him this testimony of Jesus. And he said, but, but my girlfriend that I, I live with, he said, she's got problems and it's just not that simple. I just can't walk away. And I said, you're trying to figure out God in your little box. I said, when all I'm trying to get you to do is to understand, seek him first and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added to you. And I kept talking to him and talking to him about the love and the compassion of Jesus Christ. And all at once, he got it. Tears came to his eyes. He went down to the altar and rolled in the floor and he got help from heaven and he got through to God. The testimony of Jesus Christ can break through anything if you'll just tell it, if you'll just share it. Thank you for listening to the Impact Podcast. We hope that it blessed you as much as it blessed us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at ImpactYM. We love you. We hope you have a great rest of your day.